Sephora stores are everywhere you are. So just pop in when you need a brown lip to match your 90s playlist, a confidence boost before your interview, or a last-minute gift for mom's birthday. There's always a Sephora near you. Just pop in. Use our store locator to find your local Sephora or Sephora at Kohl's. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Spill the Baby Tea, a podcast where we can only talk about all things motherhood and parenthood. My name is Helen Wu Wang. I'm a mom to a 13-month-old baby boy now, and I am here to create a space where we can all share, connect, and feel a little less alone. I just wanted to start the first show of the year off by saying thank you to all of you out there who have left me a DM or a comment or shared with me in person just how much you enjoy this show, how much you relate to it, and how you enjoy that it's not overly positive or negative, but that the experiences of motherhood are grounded in reality. I thank you because that is what I've been trying to achieve with this podcast, to keep it real, and that's the feedback I've received to date. Motherhood and parenthood really is about riding all of the waves, the good, the bad, and at the end of the day, being able to center yourself for another day. On today's episode, I'm going to recount my confinement period, which I really feel like helped with my postpartum recovery. I'll jump into more about what that is for those of you who haven't heard of it before, but what did I do in the first month postpartum? What did I eat? Did I sleep? Did I shower? It seems like so long ago now, but a lot of you have asked for this episode, so this is that episode. We're in this together, so let's get this episode started. As with every episode of Spill the Baby Tea, we are going to start with our giggle and drool of the week. My giggle of the week is that we found a nanny. And that was a huge step for us that, I don't know, I feel like not a lot of people talk about. And I can understand why, because I think there is a level of privilege with being able to get a nanny. But there were so many factors that went into if we needed a nanny and why we needed a nanny. So for a bit of context, this past year, my parents and my husband's parents were in and out helping us with our little one. Never on a consistent basis. It'd be for a couple of weeks at a time. And then they'd return home, leaving us alone for a couple of weeks and so on and so forth, which was nice, but not ideal because we had no consistency. Starting in 2023, we decided that our baby is getting heavier and harder to take care of. And looking out for our aging parents, we said, okay, no more reliance on grandparents' help unless they really, really want to. So my husband and I had to have some really deep talks about how much we wanted to lean into our careers, what our hopes and dreams and goals were for the year. Would it be possible to do it alone between the two of us in shifts? And we tried out the shifts for... 
for a couple of days <laughs> until we realized we were both working until 2 to 3 a.m. to catch up on work and then getting up at 6 a.m. again, which is our baby's natural waking time. And it was just too hard for us to be present with child while also trying to work. We were neither here nor there and our energies would be depleted. And it wasn't fair for our baby to get that type of a parent out of us either. So this is where... I still have so much gripe with the U.S. childcare system because childcare in the U.S. is expensive. A lot of my friends actually have become stay-at-home moms, and that can be for many personal reasons. But inevitably, one of the factors is that a nanny costs anywhere, based on my research, from $18 to $25 an hour plus. And that might be comparable to what a parent is making anyway. So instead of paying someone else to do that job, you can do that job and be with your child 24-7, monitoring and assisting in their development. And because we don't have great childcare subsidy in this country, we usually do see moms in particular getting pulled out of the workforce to be at home. Now, if you can imagine heavy subsidies from the government, as other countries do provide, at least then the woman or the man has a choice to choose how they want to live their lives postpartum. But in the U.S., there's honestly just loss of a choice all in all though we decided that for our family it would be an investment that we make which is an expensive one but it is the sacrifice we wanted to make to have our dreams and hopes and pursuits for the year be a potential reality so that's where we are now we have consistency in childcare, and i am able to record this episode which is great so all in all That is my giggle for the week. Now for the drool of the week, my drool of the week, and I guess this is one of the times that I felt sad this past week, was that I was out and about, kind of far from my home base, and my grandma, my popo, she called me and she was like, oh, what are you doing? And I told her that we were out for a little fam trip, and she was like, oh, that sounds fun. It's a nice day out. And my grandma, she never calls me with nothing to say. So what I deduced from that fairly short conversation was that she was feeling a little lonely. And that got me to thinking about life, our purpose here, people that matter, and how sometimes in our mind, these people matter so much to us. But how much of our time are we actually giving them? And it made me think about aging parents and grandparents and what the future holds, which is that inevitably we have to deal with aging loved ones. Time doesn't stop for anyone. So my sister and I, we made a promise that once a week now, at a minimum, we will bring lunch to our grandma and make sure that we're always stopping by when we're in the neighborhood. But I want to ask all of you out there who are tuning in right now, who is someone important to you in your own lives? Is there someone that you haven't checked in on, even though they matter immensely to you? Maybe this is the week you reach out to them. So for today's episode, we will be talking about my postpartum confinement period. First of all, what is that? It is a practice that's been around for thousands of years, and it is exactly what it sounds like. Post-baby, you are confined to certain treatments, and you're expected to basically sit or stay in bed in an extreme case, and in the home. In Chinese culture, this period is called ye or tungit, which literally translates to sitting month. 
It typically lasts for one month up to 100 days, and the purpose of it is for the postnatal recuperation of the mother. Because right after birth, you gotta heal and deal with the postpartum physiological changes. While most Western countries expect the mom to start caring for their baby right away to eat salads and cold, fresh dishes and start working out again and getting back to where they were, that whole bounce back mentality, this postpartum confinement period is about rest. Unburdening the mother of her responsibilities by ensuring she rests up and fills her body up with very specific and very nutritious foods that are good for healing and breast milk production. Basically, this month is about not lifting a finger if you don't have to and bonding stress-free with your baby. That is more of an Eastern mentality. And yes, that sounds ideal, but it is quite challenging in practice. So let's break it down to what a day looked like for me. And I just wanted to caveat that everyone's two-neat sitting month looks very different if you do or did practice it. It's usually based on your own family's traditions and customs and what's been passed down from generation to generation. It's like your grandmother's secret uh, fish recipe. It's not going to be the same as everyone else's secret grandmother fish recipe, but it's a generally similar version of it. The base is still fish. It's also then refined by your mom based on what your mom finds on YouTube and through the WhatsApp channels, which we all know is like the Bible to them these days. So day one, I give birth. Mm, I can't wait for some sushi. I am starving. I haven't eaten anything for 15 hours. I haven't had sushi for almost a year. My favorite food is sushi. I want that sugarfish box. My mom calls. Amoy Cheng Chen, which is my uncle, is coming to the hospital now and dropping off rice pot, cooked rice and chicken, gook fan, soup and some red date tea. I'm like, mom, I want sushi. And she's like, no, no sushi. Don't even think about it. Uncooked cold fish. No. And that was a conversation that I had with my mom in the hospital. I just remember sitting there in silence, holding back tears, hangry, having craved that bite of sushi for so long now. And for the past nine months, I'd anticipated this very moment where I'd order sushi to the hospital. Actually, I remember Mel and Janet were like, we're going to be the first ones to deliver sushi to you at the hospital. I'm like, yes, I want that moment. And that vision, it was ripped away from me. Because at that very moment, even before I left the hospital, my postpartum confinement period had already started. You see, food is a very big part of the confinement period recuperation. The thought is that new mothers need to choose energy and protein-rich foods to recover to help shrink the uterus, which takes about six weeks to fully return to its previous size, to dispel wind from the body, And what does that mean? Wind in TCM, traditional Chinese medicine, is considered the backbone of many diseases. It affects the body in the same way as moving branches and leaves on a tree affect the tree and similarly can cause an imbalance to the body. So that's what dispelling wind means to to remove that from the body. Confinement period foods are also meant to quell heat in the body, to boost blood circulation, and very importantly, to increase the mother's milk supply. There's a mapping out of different types of foods for each stage of recovery too. For example, there was a special herbal drink that my mom made for me after my losha was discharged, which is basically, to get kind of graphic here, losha, I believe that's how you pronounce it, it's all the blood and mucus and uterine tissue that leaves your body postpartum and takes weeks to get fully rid of. So when that all finally left my body, I started a different type of herbal drink. 
And so the foods that I ate changed week over week. First week focused on wound recovery and included foods like chicken and fish soup, porridge, and ginger. The next week's focused on milk supply as the baby starts to take in more milk during the second week of life. And this included foods like pork knuckles, pork hock with ginger and black vinegar, which is honestly quite delicious. I didn't eat the pork in a dish though because I never got used to eating the knuckles. But I love the black egg and all the peanuts and ginger that's in there. Mm. There was also a lot of barley consumed during this week. And throughout the month, I had a lot of soups, fish and papaya soup, which is known to help produce breast milk, and other meat-based soup broths, which is good for hydration and to promote wound healing and rebuilding inside the body. I also consumed a lot of herbal teas, such as red date tea, goji berry tea, teas made up of black dates, dried longan, ginger, all of which are great for digestion, is high in antioxidants, has anti-inflammatory properties, and is more heaty and helps to restore your body's chi. I wasn't allowed to drink any water, which I know sounds crazy and is usually the case for more intense confinement periods, um, and I abided by it. I only consumed one of these teas throughout the day when I was thirsty. You can find all of these ingredients um, at any uh, Chinese grocery store. And I think they also sell this stuff on Amazon too. Pretty sure you can find it on there. I also ate a lot of white rice with chicken and wood ear mushroom. Not many vegetables because vegetables are considered a cold food in TCM. But I was able to eat green beans, broccoli, cauliflower, which are considered warmer vegetables, all cooked though. Cold vegetables, which were avoided, included cucumber, celery, and tomato. And for the record, when I say cold, it's not necessarily a temperature cold. Cold versus hot foods in TCM is based on its energetic properties and how they affect the body. So they're classified as either heating, cooling, drying, or damp types of foods and is usually seen as key for helping to prevent illnesses and diseases, etc. And in TCM, it's important to balance the energetic qualities of food and which foods you should and shouldn't eat um, when it comes to health and preventing illness and diseases. I don't know about you, but it feels like a lot of my friends are now getting on that baby train. If you have a friend who is also expecting or have little ones still in diapers, I always recommend Pampers Swaddlers. With Pampers Swaddlers, you can also rest assured that this diaper will prevent up to 100% of leaks, even blowouts. Swaddlers has dual leak guard barriers at the legs to help protect where leaks happen most. And they have a blowout barrier, which is an innovative back pocket built into the diaper to help prevent those messy leaks up the back. Did you know that on average, babies will use up to 8,000 plus diapers before becoming potty trained? That is a lot. That's why Pampers Diaper Stash is the hottest baby gift for 2024. So give a gift to a loved one that says, we see you and we've got you. Pampers Diaper Stash is an online diaper fund that all parents with little ones will love. You can organize friends and family to contribute to a group gift of an online stockpile that never has to run out. Pampers Diaper Stash is great because it takes the guesswork out of choosing what size and how many diapers to gift. It's so easy to do, and it's the gift that always fits. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. 
Another part of the confinement period is the personal hygiene practices. During confinement, mothers are not supposed to expose their body to cold weather or wind, which I explained earlier, dispelling wind from the body via foods. But if I can also just explain it the way my grandma explained it to me, because I was like, explain how this works here. She said that after birth, the pores of your body are opened and exposed. And during those first 30 days, they're closing back up again. But whatever seeps into those open pores during that month, like any type of cold weather or wind or stress or tension, that will get trapped in your body forever. (laughs) To this day, she blames her migraines on when she had to go out into the cold to get food for her babies. And she didn't wear a hat or a scarf over her head because the ones that she had at home were not cute. Literally, that's what she said, which is totally something that I could see myself doing too. And yes, that is how she explained all of this to me in a very non-scientific way. But that is the idea behind it. Your body will have many ailments or be weaker if you don't keep it warm during this crucial period of recovery. So for 30 days, you're not supposed to go outdoors, shower or wash your hair with the thought that if you did, you will catch cold. The going out to get fresh air thing was very difficult for me. I, like many people, am someone who is energized by the sun. I need fresh air and natural warmth. I don't want a heater on me at all times. And I still remember the first time we had to go out for our newborn's checkup. My husband and I, we snuck away to a diner after the appointment to pick up breakfast sandwiches. And we went to the park to sit on a bench and we enjoyed our food outdoors, which sounds like Uh, yeah, anyone should be able to do that. But we weren't supposed to. And I actually felt very guilty afterwards. It brought back those feelings of when I was a freshman in high school, skipping class and going against all my parents' expectations of me of being a good student. It actually made me feel like a child again when we were out there. And I'm like 30 plus now with a baby. I just felt so bad afterwards, but it also felt so good to get some fresh air and some non-confinement period food, you know? So there were definitely times where I defied my parents, specifically my mom, um, her wishes, but I just had to sometimes for my own sanity. And then with the shower thing, I actually listened to my mom and did not properly shower for 30 days. No shame in admitting that. I did, quote unquote, pour water on my body though. So I don't know if you consider that as a bath, but I poured water over my body. And for me to be able to do this, there was a lot of work done behind the scenes to prepare for it. Even before I gave birth, my mom and my grandma and my aunt peeled like, I don't know, like five to 10 pounds of ginger. No lie, lots and lots of ginger. And the peeled ginger was used for the foods because it's believed to remove the wind accumulated in the body during pregnancy. So there was a lot of ginger in my food. That was the key ingredient throughout the meals. And the ginger peel was used for my baths. Bringing up the story my grandma shared here again, this process is used to purge out wind and effectively seal the pores of your body, keeping the wind away. So that's what happens when the ginger peels are contacting your skin. My mom, she bought this huge restaurant-sized pot to boil gallons of water, basically for, for only the purpose of my bath, and in the water would be the ginger peels. She would then have my dad lug the pot up to my bathroom and drop the steaming pot in my shower with a plastic blue ladle that I'd use to scoop water with the ginger peel over my head. 
Actually, I had a strainer in there too to strain out the peel so I didn't have too much peel stuck on my head. It was like we'd gone back to ancient days, y'all. A ladle and a pot to shower. Even though there was a working shower head right next to me, which is so annoying. Every time I looked at it, I'm like, can I just turn this on and rinse my head? And every three to five days, that's how I quote unquote showered. I'd have random pieces of ginger peel falling out of my hair every day. You can just imagine that as well. I will say though that even though I couldn't see immediate results from the foods that I was eating or the rest or any of that, this bath was kind of wild. Ginger is supposed to help warm the meridians of your body, opening up the blockages to promote the flow of blood and chi throughout the body. And for me, when I stepped out of the shower, I felt like heat was emanating from my body, not because of the steaming hot water, boiled water. I mean, I take hot showers all the time, but the heat leaves my body pretty soon afterwards. This time with the ginger baths, the heat continued to emanate from my body for hours after my shower. Isn't that wild? It was it was a crazy feeling. It was very relaxing, kind of trippy actually to experience. And anyone out there can try this, right? Just get a peel. <laughs> it's a lot of work though. Peel a bunch of ginger, use the peels, and boil them in a giant ass pot and then get a ladle and pour it over yourself. But I was like, whoa, maybe this stuff works. For anyone out there who is second generation Asian American child of immigrants, you know there are already so many cultural and generational differences between us and our parents' generation. So many, from language barriers to values to us pursuing our passions, them not having the opportunity to, so many differences. But this period of my life, I would say those differences between us were the largest, the most obvious, and the most intense. This confinement period brought out so much tension and friction between me and my mom in recent memory because here I am as a vulnerable new mother who is recovering and I was uncomfortable doing some of these things that were very new to me and that I wouldn't naturally do. And there was my mom who sees these traditions like religion. It's so sacred to her. And at the end of the day, she'll say, you know, these traditions have been practiced for centuries, thousands of years. Of course, there's validity to it. All I want also is for you to be the healthiest that you can be because family and health is number one to her. So why, she would ask me, why wouldn't you be obedient and just do it? And so it was a very difficult time for us. Um, I was like, because of my mental sanity. But, you know, she didn't get that. <laughs> so we had to learn to compromise. And at the end of all of it, I did about 70% of what she wanted me to do. And she agreed that overall, I was a good daughter for being a C- student. <laughs> but as much as that first month was a challenging new period of time for all of us, I now see my mom in a different light. Her putting up with all of our fights to keep pushing these customs onto me at the end of the day was only because she cared about me. You know, I'm sure I'm not the only one that views my mom in a naggy way sometimes. Throughout my childhood, she'd always be yelling at me for not wearing enough clothes out, always forcing some kind of food or soup on me, even though I didn't want to eat or drink anymore. And this month-long experience and experiment with her showed me that she's been consistent in being a mom throughout my entire life. Everything she's done for me was not done to nag. That never was her intention. It was because she cared a lot about me and my sister. And this confinement period 
wasn't for her to just press her customs onto me, which is honestly how I initially viewed it. She was taking time off work to make sure that I could heal properly. She'd make those huge pots of boiled ginger water whenever I started getting itchy and needed a bath. Whenever my hair was really gross and oily and needed a bath. To meticulously create a meal plan for me so I could regain my energy and have enough calories to produce breast milk. All of it was done without hesitation and actually with a lot of intention. And as a mom now, I can say that I understand where she's been coming from all of her life. My gratitude for my mom has grown immensely because of this very special period of time that we were able to have together during this confinement period. And I am very fortunate and thankful for her and that she was, you know, able to be here for me during this very rough time. And even those naggy moments now, you know, they don't feel so naggy anymore. So my conclusion for those 30 days, I'm sure you're all wondering, did it work or not? I would say that for me, for my body and my recovery, it did work. I had great milk production. I didn't like that I was eating such heavy foods, rice, chicken, meats, fish, peanuts, ginger, no vegetables. I didn't like that at all. But my milk production was good. And I did feel like I recovered relatively quickly to my pears because I was able to rest and recover. I know the postpartum confinement period is something that is not only practiced in Chinese culture, but in India, Iran, Korea, Thailand, and Latin America too. If you have done it yourself or plan to do it, I would love to hear about it. How did your confinement period differ from my experience? Or was it similar? Did you also have pieces of ginger stuck in your hair? Did you have your mom administer your confinement period? Or did your mill do it? which I could see being an even more intense thing with all the things you might be holding back from saying. Or did you hire a confinement nanny? And if you're planning on doing it, what are you most looking forward to? Let me know in the comments of Asian Boss Girl's latest Instagram post. I would love to hear your personal experiences. As always, thank you, thank you for allowing me to share my journey with you all. We have so much more to learn, and I would love to continue connecting and learning from all of you out there. You can follow ABG on Instagram at Asian Boss Girl and me, Helen, at H-W-U-W-U. And as you know by now, we have shows out every Tuesday and our main show on Thursday. From me and my little bubs, <laughs> bye for now. <laughs>